Video Games the Movie the Podcast is a podcast where Maxie and Dan discuss video games with nearly 20 episodes spanning 20 years of great video game movie content. We're about to release our latest episode on Professor Layton and the Internal Diva. I'm Maxie. <laughs> I'm, I'm Dan. Oh, I, I, I caught you off guard with that one. <laughs> Incredible. It really does start like that, huh? It just starts with an advertisement for the franchise when you're already watching the movie. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, the, uh, uh, so this week, uh, or this month we watched Professor Layton, the Eternal Diva. Uh, let's see. I don't immediately have any news to think of, but, uh, what games you playing? Been playing a lot of Victoria 3. That came out, uh, I think late last month, I want to say. Mm. And I've been pretty obsessed with that. Um, uh, this is not a video game, but I did want to talk about it. I also saw Glass Onion yesterday. Oh, the new, I need uh, to see that. The new Benoit Blanc. It's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. My god. Just incredible. Oh. <laughs> incredible film. Hell yeah, I'll, I'll have to see it. Uh, uh, let me think. What, have I, what am I up to? Okay, uh, let's see. I've been playing Sonic Frontiers. Uh, very mm. good game. Very good game. I, I, my understanding is that it has received a mixed reception, but instead of, like, the usual Sonic the Hedgehog game way, it's more in the sense of, like, no, this is a good game. People are just being kind of weird about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overwhelmingly positive on Steam. Uh, very fun game. Uh, they really figured out how to, Sonic works surprisingly well for an open world, and, uh, I'm very glad that Ian Flynn got to write for it, because, uh, I, he, he's, he's good at writing Sonic characters. Uh. That really does sound like it was a, a big boost, cause, um, I, I've heard good things about his writing, mm-hmm. and, uh, after, uh, after Sonic Forces, after the game where it's like, it, war is awful, Knuckles, that's why they call it war. Uh, I think, uh, some, some fresh blood was probably smart. Uh huh. I I do find it interesting because I'm on the second island, and that's the one where Knuckles is. And uh, a lot of the stuff I've encountered with, like, the Knuckles scenes is very reflective of, like, oh, oh yeah, Knuckles, like, was a military commander in Sonic Forces. And a surprisingly, like, it, it works really well. Uh, uh, it, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, let's see, other games. Uh, I... I finally got around to getting the true ending for Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Uh, really cool oh, final boss. Nice. Uh, let me think. I, I also, while I, while I was at, at my mom's, uh, for, uh, Thanksgiving, I tried out two games on my Switch that I had bought but had not played. Uh, I played a little bit of Moon RPG. Uh, mm. really cool game. It, I think it's funny that, uh, uh, these, like, experienced JRPG devs who had, been involved with stuff like Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG in their quest to create an anti-RPG basically made a point-and-click adventure game. Yeah. And, uh... About as expected in a point-and-click adventure game from that era. Mm -hmm. 
some of the puzzles are kind of bullshit. Yeah. But, uh, no, that game has definitely had some cool ideas, yeah. even if I ended up kind of bouncing off of it. Yeah. Great sense of style, for sure. Yeah, I fucking love how, I love how it looks. I love that it's got, like, this, like, weird music selection and, uh, how, like, the monsters are, well, not monsters, they're just animals. The animals are, like, rendered in claymation. Uh, it's, it's a really neat game. I like it. Uh. Let's see, what else have I, uh, the other game I tried out a little bit was Live Alive. Um, I've always wanted- Oh, God, yes! God, yes! It's a cool game, but I did rage quit it because I accidentally put in, uh, I accidentally put in, uh, Sundown's name wrong. Uh, it was a, put in a name for this, uh, this cowboy criminal, and I put in the blank like the Mojave oh. something or other, and it, it was just but, like, like oh, so he's the the Mojave kid kid or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I always hate it when games do that. Like, mm-hmm. come on, get, be a little more straightforward. Yeah, just like it. put the the first and last parts of the there, so I know. Um. Oh no, but like, listen, Live Alive is yeah. one of my favorite RPGs of all time. It was huge stylistic influence on Our Stormy Present, which is the. Mm-hmm. Uh, tabletop rpg i made kind of drawing yeah. from uh retro jrpgs yeah, i that reminds me actually i don't i have no idea if this podcast is an even remotely useful place to ask but i'm working on an rpg off and on i need to figure out if there's anybody out there who like has some time to just do like art assets for it mm. so if if you're interested in that or you got like a lead on that uh-huh. just email me maxi knightley at gmail.com yeah fucking i I cannot pay you it would have it would have to be something that you're just doing on the side and i totally understand that that is going to be a deal breaker in like 99 percent of cases Mm -hmm. it's just it's just one of the i've been i've been thinking about this a lot like you know like what do you think it was like for toby fox when he was making undertale it's like well i can't draw good enough for this Mm i me, do you think it was like a thing where he was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll go to my friend Tammy. I'm sh- she's expressed interest in game design before, mm. and I don't think she's too busy." Or do you think he was just like, "Fuck, man, fuck, I gotta find somebody." That's a good question. I I'd have to look into Tammy's history, but I I imagine I imagine he just uh, they. My immediate assumption is it's. Is it's probably like with Fan Gamer, where he just knew some people on an Earthbound fan forum. That's that would make sense. Uh, here's here's the problem. I know uh, I know a fair amount of artists, but they're all broke and or very mentally ill. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that is going to limit the amount of free work that they can do. Yep. Even though I am very lovable and everybody wants to be my friend. This is true. And know me carnally. Yes, this is true. Um. So, uh, uh, let me think. Oh, right. Uh, I, and of course I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. I'm doing side stuff. I, uh, uh, earlier today I did, like, some Boja content. Uh, just, like, the quest leading up to it, but it is a cool storyline. There's, like, a fun little duty where you get to, uh, go into, uh, someone's mind and, uh, fight an inner demon and you, like, summon up uh visages of your friends to help you i thought that was neat uh that is neat yeah i 
yeah, I think that's it for me for gaming. So let's get into this movie. Uh, let's see. So as, as you mentioned before, it, oh, I do want to note about this movie. It, they did get from what, as far as I know, they did get like the game voice actors to like do the voices for this. Uh, Luke definitely sounds like Luke. I can't really remember what Layton sounds like because mm-hmm. at least I have only played the first Professor Layton game, mm-hmm. and I don't remember too much voice acting being in that. Actually, no. Did I play the second one? I may have played the second yeah. one as well. Uh, I I've never really played them myself, but I've seen them get played. Uh, uh, I know that. Uh, oh wow! This yeah from two thousand nine. Uh. uh yeah, I know they had like little voice clips for like, oh, I you solved the puzzle or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember it super well, but uh, now I kind of want to play them. Uh, so, uh, like I like uh, Maxie said at the start, it opens with an ad for the movie that you're watching. Uh, at least the versions, the version I found, which had an English dub. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure I found the same English dub. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, we start the film proper with, uh, uh, Leighton and Luke in a clock tower. Uh, and Professor Leighton's, like, giving a little lecture to Luke. And, uh, he's, he's solving a puzzle as he's doing it. And it's, it is a very video game puzzle. He has to, like, pick up these little, like, uh, these like funny shaped star yeah. sun and moon gears yeah. yeah they're disguised as floor tiles mm-hmm. and he has to like put them into like a machine so the door will open uh and they exit out to a clock tower in london and it turns out it's big ben yeah it's big ben but- uh we get we get this zoom out and this nice shot of all of london um and then uh they make their way to the ground and somehow this was tied to <laughs> The latest scheme of Leighton's nemesis, Don Paro? Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, but, uh... He's just, like, hanging out down there in disguise. Mm. He's just, like, around, so I don't know. Yeah, he was disguised as an old lady. They, like, chase him down, and, uh, we get a whole, like, narration from Luke. Uh, so, Professor Leighton, greatest, uh, greatest detective ever, or professor he's an archaeologist uh uh luke is his apprentice he can talk to animals kind of uh and is that was that a thing in the source material i don't know i maybe because here's the thing as far as i can tell i looked into this and as far as i can tell this movie's just like straight up canon to the games Mm -hmm. like this is an actual interquel instead of like a weird you know non-canon OVA thing. Yeah. Uh Yeah, he like uh it's it's very I'm I'm glad it's canon. That that's great. Uh we we have like uh he explains he's uh Professor Layton's apprentice. He's going to be a true gentleman. Uh which I guess is a I guess that's just his job title. Uh mm-hmm. It's it's his way of life, mm-hmm. man. Uh, there's like a bit where he where he's like practicing the little the I accuse bit that Leighton does throughout the movie. This is so cute. He's just like the one who holds this key to this mystery 
is you is you is you yeah and then Leighton comes in and he's like pointing at him uh mm-hmm. gets all embarrassed uh but Leighton's got for them a record uh uh something left over from uh a case from some years ago uh it, uh there was once a girl named Janice Quatlin Quatlane whatever uh she's she was a student of Leighton's and uh went on to become a successful opera singer uh and she had for some reason sent them invitations to an opera and a letter uh we get the title card uh and they're at this uh big fancy opera house by the sea called the Crown Patone uh Janice is like performing in this opera there's this guy named Oswald Wesler performing this giant weird every instrument possible organ called the Detrigan. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh uh we go over the letter. So uh Melina Wesler, who was a friend of Janice and Oswald's uh, died, daughter and Oswald's daughter died a year ago. Uh but one day very recently she came to Janice uh allegedly alive again but in the form of a little girl mm-hmm. uh she, she explains that she had been given the gift of eternal life uh and and we cut backwards from from the opera to like them on the way to the opera they're like in a car with uh Emmy who is like uh i guess another like understudy of Leighton mm-hmm. hey can uh, i just say I have no, I have no fucking idea why they sequence this like this. Like, yeah, it's... you already have a framing device that does essentially nothing for the movie. I don't know mm-hmm. why they like start at the opera and then flash back to before the opera and then they go back to the opera. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it, as they don't really like they don't like do like loads of lo- nonlinear storytelling in this. It's just this one bit. Uh. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, she's, uh, uh, she drives them there, uh, I like, she, like, teases Luke a bit by calling him, uh, his second assist, or calling him Leighton's second assistant. Uh, he, he does not like this, he's the number one assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, from what they can tell, uh, with... In a city like London, if you have enough money and connections, you can buy yourself eternal life. Uh, and that's why everyone has come to this opera, uh, which is about the eternal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I'll just sort of go over this little story real quick. Uh, uh, the, uh, there was once a kingdom called Ambrosia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people adored their queen, and one day she fell terribly ill and could not be saved. And uh, just as they were able to uh, create a uh, remedy that could save her, uh, she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this uh, remedy was the elixir of eternal life. Uh, the people mourned their loss, and then they all drank the elixir. 
and supposedly they live forever awaiting the rebirth of their queen. Yeah. And uh, maybe the elixir is still out there too. So yeah, the, part of this whole conceit is that the kingdom of Ambrosia is only mostly mythical because mm-hmm. there has been at least one artifact recovered from the kingdom uh, by, I believe, a colleague of Leighton's, um, which is like a partial fragment of the kingdom's seal or coat of arms, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of like if... Imagine if everything about Atlantis or Lemuria was exactly the same, except that we had like one flawlessly dated like banner that was definitely like from a royal house of atlantis and it's just like mm-hmm. i guess atlantis was real somewhere yep um i also wanted to say there's a very interesting choice in the dub of this opera sequence which is they don't translate any of the singing and i don't think they translate yeah. the singing for any of the movie which i think is a very interesting decision and honestly mm-hmm. it's a decision i really like because one it keeps the focus on the tune and the performance and i think that's smart especially because this is very much like a family movie i think it's something that a lot of kids would be mm-hmm. watching and i think it would be difficult to make a song that like kids understand but that's also good lyrically speaking right I, and also like this is definitely the American view, and I could be wrong, but it's my understanding that it's sort of the Anglophone view in general. But opera is very much seen here as an art that is usually performed in an unknown language. Like, we think of we think of opera as, like, an Italian thing, a German thing, maybe, like, a French or Spanish thing. Um, right. So, you know, it, it feels fitting in that regard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also think, honestly, this this whole sequence is very striking to me just because this movie has a great sense of, like, aesthetics, and it's, I don't know if, like, lovingly animated is necessarily accurate, but, like, it's certainly very well animated. It's, yeah, it they definitely cared. Well. Um, this also struck me during the sequence when Emmy is driving them over. It Honestly, that sequence had, like, kind of Loop in the Third vibes to me. Like how the yeah, cars yeah, were this all really, uh, built. Yeah, it it really gives me like Lupin vibes, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, after the uh, performance ends, like uh, Luke gives like a big uh, applause, but like he's the only one doing it, and like everyone's just sort of looking at him. And he gets embarrassed and stops. Uh, but uh, what happens next is what the crowd was actually waiting for. Uh, one person, or the uh, the like owner of the theater, like comes out. They're like moving weird, like a sort of like uh, marionette almost. Mm-hmm. And they're announcing that tonight, one person from this audience will receive the gift of eternal life. And, and now everybody during the actual performance of the opera was like completely passive. Like they didn't give a shit. They're not here for the uh-huh. opera. But as soon as he says this, like people start raucously applauding. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, and in order to win Eternal Life, you must win a game. Uh, and if you lose, 
you lose your life. So, uh, this part's weird, because he is just uh-huh. straight up lying, and I don't know why. Yeah, this this movie is a death game where nobody dies. The only time people are even at risk of dying is, like, essentially by accident at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. Um... So yeah, people start running for the exits, but they get blocked by staff. Uh, everybody who's like caught in the aisles uh, ends up falling down these massive trapdoors. Um, mm-hmm. But then a man from Scotland Yard appears, Inspector Grosky. This man with this this billowing chest hair and this huge pompadour. Uh, he runs onto the stage to handcuff the mystery man, and he just declares an end to the proceedings. But uh, it turns out that he was moving around like a puppet because he is a puppet. And I guess, he's also a balloon, I guess? Yeah, he turns into a big balloon and and uh, he becomes big and round and flies away. Yeah, the, uh, the, the ceiling of the theater has opened up to reveal the starry sky above. So he just shoots off through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, the, the, like, Inspector Grofsky gets, like, sent flying... Uh, the, the announcer is, the, or the owner is, like, announcing over the PA that the challenge is going to begin now, uh. And then uh, the whole theater starts rumbling, and, uh, the exits are no longer blocked. Leighton and Luke run outside, and they realize, uh, the island that the theater was built on is actually a tremendous boat, and it is just set sail for God knows where. Uh-huh. Uh, like, they're, like, gonna try to swim to... Like, some of the people are trying to swim to shore, but they find out you can't because the waters are infested with, like, robot sharks. Yeah, uh, what's going on with the robot animals? Yeah, like, I, I... A few of them appear, but they're, you know, they're just sort of there. I, I, I yeah. don't know, I guess that... Again, maybe that's something that, like, oh, well, well, if you played uh, Professor Layton in the Azran Legacy, you would know that, uh... That, uh, fu- uh, that fucking, god, what's this idiot's name? Duke Gascone, or whatever. Uh, he, he's always making these cyborgs. You know how it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, it is like, does seem to be like a thing. They just have, like, uh, animals that have been cybernetically augmented, and Luke can't, like, communicate with them because they've got the augmentation. It's really funny to me that they introduced the concept that Luke can talk to animals, kind of, just so that he can fail to talk to animals when it's important. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's, it's fucking like, it's fucking like when you build a character in an RPG and you give him a skill, but you never get to use it just because of how, like, the campaign's laid out. Uh... So, uh, uh, Janice, like, meets up with Leighton and Luke. They're, like, looking around. They haven't seen, like, the little girl. Apparently they saw the little girl earlier, but they don't know where she is now. Uh, and it's time to begin, uh, the game, uh, with puzzle number 001. Uh, you have to look for the oldest thing in the... In the theater, or you have to look for the oldest thing you can you see, can see yeah. and gather around it. Uh, so, uh, so the trick here is the ship is filled with a bunch of like archaeological artifact artifacts and fossils and so on. But because the ceiling's open, you can see the stars. 
mm-hmm. which have existed for billions of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so not a yeah. puzzle. This is a riddle. Yeah, this is a riddle. Puzzle two uh, is also a riddle. Like we'll get there. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess that one's like kind of a puzzle because there's an execution aspect, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I I think there are some puzzles, but there are some riddles. Uh, so they go, they figure out. Oh, you gotta look, you gotta go to the like where the roof is open so you can see the stars. Uh, and those who get it wrong go down more trap doors or get caught by the masked guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then they they get like puzzle zero zero two. I, I do love that the puzzles are. That it's like zero zero two and not like one or two. Mm-hmm. Just it gives like a sense of scale. Well, you uh, know, it's like in the games. There's always like a hundred fifty puzzles or something. In those. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, puzzle zero zero two is go to where you can see the largest crown. And this one I actually like a lot because there's it's it's a it's a double fake out because once again mm-hmm. there's a lot of like regular crowns scattered about the ship exhibited on little plinths and so on uh luke's immediate instinct is he remembers that the ship is named the crown patone and another guest recalls and describes a large sign near the theater's entrance with the theater's name on it so a lot of people start heading the entrance um but Leighton starts leading them in the other direction and luke protests at first but then uh, after a bit of dialogue you know Leighton's like well, that you know, they primed us to not go for the immediate answer with the first one, so that people might not notice that there's a second false answer on puzzle two, uh, and then we pan out to see that the entire top deck of the ship is built to look like a huge crown. Mm-hmm. This this is such a cool shot. I love this. Yeah, I I fucking love it. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh. Uh, we get to meet, like, the various, like, uh, the various, uh, other attendees of note, uh, here. We get, like, Amelia, she's a schoolgirl who's, like, really smart. She was invited by Oswald. Of course, there's Oswald, who we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, uh, this, uh, there's, like, this, there's Annie Dretch, who is a mystery writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Radley, uh, the socialite. Mm-hmm. Frederick mm-hmm. Berglund, president of, I assume it's a shipping corporation. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Pierre Starbuck, who is a football legend, who, uh, got his leg, like, messed up and is, and wants to, like, get eternal life to, to, like, try to regain his strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, I, I think those are, oh, there's also, like, the ship captain who, I don't, doesn't really come up much. Yeah, I don't remember if we got i know he says his name but i didn't bother writing it down yeah it's oh i found it it's curtis o'donnell he uh uh there's also like this uh this uh archaeologist who's like studied the uh the uh, ambrosian society yeah uh, we, we don't get his name here but he'll later introduce himself as marco brock amateur historian mm-hmm. uh so like they have to let they get out in their lifeboats they see the biggest crown which is in fact the ship itself mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, we get a bit of dialogue so oswald explains that uh the girl who is called melina he says that she's just a girl he adopted and he calls her melina as a term of endearment which gonna be honest man 
That's a kind fuck, of a weird one. That's the worst alibi you could come up with. That makes you sound <laughs> insane. Uh-huh. Uh, but we also get a moment where while Luke and Leighton are busy, like, lowering the lifeboat so they can row away, um, Melina goes up to Jenis and tells her, Leighton can't win the game. Stop interfering so that you can let us have our wish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. I, I do think it's funny that they fucked up by inviting the guy who's good at puzzles. Uh, it, listen, I, I'm not going to, this is not really a spoiler or anything, but it mm-hmm. is really funny that this is essentially the same premise as Glass Onion. Oh, I am gonna have to watch Glass Onion. Who invited the, guys, who invited the genius detective to my puzzle party? Come on. <laughs> not mm. cool. Yeah, uh, uh, so, once they, like, solve the puzzle, the lifeboats, like, transform into speedboats and, like, start, like, going off on their own. Or just, like, just automatically going off somewhere. Uh, also, fun thing that happens, like, Inspector Grofsky, uh, earlier, like, he got sent into the water. He's, like, he has to, like, swim and, like, escape from the sharks. And he eventually, like, gets back on the boat uh, so he can resume the investigation, and like uh, the uh, little girl Melina is here, uh, and just he shoves just, him like, off. She pushes him off, and then and he... once everybody is on the lifeboats, um, the mm-hmm. re- the rest of the passengers who didn't think to do that are presumably trapdoored again. Um, he gets back on the ship, finds it completely empty. A couple submarines are about to depart with uh, all the people all the captives on one of them. Uh, and he's just like standing there scratching his head when the ship starts blowing up and he gets dunked into the sea a third time. Yeah. It's so he's... fucking good. Mm-hmm. Just constantly in peril. Uh, so, uh, they, the like ships go off in all their directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, Specifically, so there's two submarines that are launched from the ship yeah. after Grosky falls into the sea. Um, and then, at the same time, the lifeboats, like, transfigure, transmog, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they transformers Transform. a bit. Uh, uh, and it turns out they're actually, like, these weird steam-powered speedboats. Uh, mm-hmm. And they start, like, zooming along towards their destination. Yeah. Uh, and then, after all this happens, we cut back to Emmy, who is apparently investigating the disappearance of a young couple's daughter. Um, mm-hmm. She asks to see a photograph, and they show it to her. We, at the audience, do not get to see it yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there there is obviously only so many possibilities that tie into the cast we've seen so far. Yeah. So, like, you know, figure mm-hmm. it out. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, it, we cut to, like, the next morning... Every everyone on like the boat on like the speedboats are like wrapped up in blankets and they reach their destination, a mysterious island. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, like Emmy is like conducting her her own investigation when uh, uh, she like speaks with Doctor Schrader about like the Ambrosian artifact. 
the erosion um, artifact, which is just like on a desk, like holding down some newspaper. <laughs> Bro, there, that's the only one of those there's there is. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then she sees like a little TV news report saying that a submarine came to shore with many missing guests who said they were put, they were like captured and forced into. A mysterious puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she runs off to uh, go uh, find out more about this. Yep. Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the guests all, like, uh, are on this beach and they find, like, a table with a whole feast on the feast ready for them. Uh, they also find, uh, like, this stone menor, which has the full Ambrosian seal engraved on it, so... Mm-hmm. Marco Brock is like, this must be the location of the Ambrosia Kingdom, or at least the former location of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's a good shot where they get to the table and they start eating, uh, and Berglund starts pouring some wine, but then gets distracted by a discussion everybody's having, so he just keeps pouring as it overflows. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like, at first they're like, wait, is this part of the puzzle? Mm-hmm. But uh, they they eat anyways. I think, like, I think like they they get something that says that oh this is just a meal. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh uh they they chill out on the beach for a little while and uh like Luke gives like a seashell to uh the little girl Melina and she's like humming the theme from like the opera and the movie. Uh and she says it's like something she learned from the sea. Uh and then wolves howl, and Melina disappears. Uh, the they 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 are told their break is over, and they are they get chased by wolves uh, to uh, the the location of the next puzzle. Uh, What's the deal uh, with like, the wolves? Uh, <laughs> Why they just these are not a puzzle; they're just here. Yeah, this is. This is just uh, an endurance challenge. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say, so like the wolves are chasing them, um, and they end up chasing the remaining guests to a river. And my immediate thought is, uh, oh, okay, so some chickens and sacks of grain are going to come out of the forest next, right? <laughs> oh, that would be a good one, but... Uh... They've got a little bit of a different puzzle to deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. See, there are some cages uh, hanging above, and with and you can like lower them with uh, ropes. Uh, so the trick, it, what it seems to be, is in order to safely uh, get to the castle without being attacked by the wolves, you would presumably lower the cages onto them. But no, you actually have to lower the cages onto yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the wolves can't like. And, like, use that as, like, a sort of, like, protective shield. Yeah, like, the the bars are close enough that the wolves can't get through, but, like, the cages themselves are light enough that you can pick them up and carry them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. basically, there's... The group is split into three at this point. Um, a few of them, including Oswald, attempt to trap the wolves. They screw up. They end up, like, cornered on top of their cage. Um, yeah. Most of the rest of the guests... They see, they figure out what Leighton and Luke and uh, and Janice are doing, and they trap themselves successfully without issue. 
Uh, Leighton, Luke, and Jenis trap themselves, and they have their little moving shield, and then they just trip and drop the cage and don't attempt yeah. to pick it back up? <laughs> it It's very light. They could have done it, but instead they just get chased by wolves some more. Yeah, uh, they end up finding a little cabin in the woods and seek shelter in there, and it just happens to contain the perfect assortment of random junk for them to build a functioning helicopter. Which Yeah, and it's it's very fun. Like they like saw a barrel in half. They've got like uh, a like, ceiling fan got... that they use for the main propeller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it is a cute little also, design. I will say that. Yeah, it is a charming little thing. It's also like not quite a perfect helicopter. Like it just like it it can hop it can like go up in the air, but it's basically just hopping around. Yeah, it, it's difficult to pilot and not the most aerodynamic, but. It, it works well enough to get them to the castle on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they, they get to the castle. Everyone's here. Uh, uh, it's, they assemble at the courtyard and it's time for puzzle 004. Uh, so. I can't tell whether four- this one is genius or really dumb. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, it's like, so there are four doors uh, leading to four towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to get to the king's chamber. And, like, so, like, in, like, the spaces between where each door leads, uh, there's, like, uh, there are some letters on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Luke uh, is able to determine by, like, writing down and, like, writing a bunch of notes that... Uh, uh, two of them are K and G that are next to each other. Yeah, and if you so, go in that door, it's K in G. King. Uh, He's right. So, like, you know, props to him. But my immediate mm. thought when I saw... So the letters were like K, G, H, and I. And my immediate thought was like, is this something with, like, the knight? Is this, like, a chess thing? But then where, mm. do, the, where do the N and the G come... Where do the N and the T come into it? Yeah, I was thinking it was, like, a sort of, like, scrambled letters thing. Yeah, I also thought maybe, like, well, G-H-I-J-K, is there, like, a J? Is there a secret J? <laughs> no. So, uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm dumber than the nine-year-old. Uh-huh. Yes, we are all. Uh, it It's just like Jeff Foxworthy said, you are not smarter than a fifth grader. Uh, uh, so, they, uh... <laughs> So they they figure out the solution. They go into the right door, but uh, Leighton's going to go off on his own. He like he gives like Luke a little goodbye and just asks him if he's going to be like okay, uh, and he like sets off on his own into a different door, and uh, some uh, I believe uh, Raidley and uh, Starbuck uh, Star Starbuck like follow after him because. Well, he's the professor. He probably knows the real secret that'll get us the real prize. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, so Leighton, like, goes off on his own, and, uh, uh, the two just, like, uh, go into, like, this room and immediately fall into a trap hole. Yep. Uh, uh, Leighton manages to grab onto a ledge, and he's like, Don't worry, I'll come back for you later, man with an injured leg. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
so it's it's fine. Don't worry. That nobody dies. Uh yeah, nobody nobody dies in this movie including uh fucking Descole even though he falls like 200 feet at one point. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's, uh so they uh so he like goes off on his own uh uh Luke's party like enters a bedroom and uh they get like locked in this cage and in comes a mysterious masked man uh Jean Desco- Desco- Descolet. Uh, Jean Descolet. Yeah. Jean Descolet. Uh uh he announces that the game's almost over and they like take Amelia away. It's unclear uh, as of this moment why he's picking Amelia specifically cuz mm-hmm. they it's not puzzles. She has not solved a pu- mm-hmm. I'm not sure she solved a single puzzle despite being like this genius chess prodigy. Yeah, it's mostly been it's I mostly guess, been two I, people. You know, I guess she solved the first two. Yeah. Uh There's also only four puzzles now that I'm thinking about. Yeah, it. they never uh, get they never get it up to 100. Descolate cheaped out. Uh-huh. He only had... Listen, he-, he had a... There's a lot of money uh, going into uh, the big the big super uh, opera organ. He, he, went, uh, he went way over budget on the sharks. And <laughs> listen, like, the insurance will cover some of the Crown Patone, but, like, oh, it, was, it costs a lot of money to make a theater that's also a gigantic <laughs> ship and then blow it all up. And then there's two submarines? My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should have, like, he should have, like, handed them, like, fun puzzles for kids while they were uh, being, like, escorted away. Professor, uh, I've figured it out. <laughs> Jagoni is jungle scrambled. <laughs> Professor, this... This image is both a face and two faces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Professor, I've figured it out. Slylock can, exa- can examine the soup to see if it's still hot. <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, they go off and do that. Uh, uh, we, I think this is around where... Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, Jet, like, Emmy is, like, on a plane. She's, like, headed to the island, because I guess she's figured it out so far. Mm-hmm. And then she finds, like, uh, Inspector Grofsky, uh, floating on some debris, uh, in his boxers, waving his clothes around as, like, a sort of flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, th- uh, cut, just quickly shift over to, like, him on the plane and, like, just, like, hanging up the clothes and using the wind to dry them out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they talk here about how the ship launched two submarines, but the news broadcast mentions that only one ever made it to the mainland. And I think Emmy mentions she has a theory on what happened here. I'm not clear on what happened here. Uh, I, I don't remember if it's ever explicitly said. Yeah, I just assume that that's where, like, uh, the, the like, guards and... And, like, uh, Descalais were all were. Like, just that, everyone who, like, wasn't a contestant. That could make sense. I figure... That actually makes a lot more sense than what I was about to say, which was... Did they, did they use it to transport the Detro- the Detrigan? Oh, may, you know what? They probably also did do that. Because, you uh, know, 
instruments are expensive, even if they aren't mm-hmm. also like super science devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, uh, he's already so deep in the red, overblowing up the ship. Uh-huh. Cannot be yeah, emphasized he, enough. Cannot, cannot. Um, so, uh, we we cut over to Layton. Uh, he's found like this bedroom that's like full of pictures of Melina. Mm-hmm. I I. And, like, he finds, like, this bit of sheet music called A Song of the Sea. Uh, we get this, uh, Melina sneaks up behind him. I really love what they do with, like, the, uh, storyboarding here where it's, like, uh, we, it's, like, first person from Melina. And then, like, it stops when Leighton's, like, I knew you would be here. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's Melina. She's getting mad because he's interfering with the plans uh, and he, like, I think there's, like, a piano or something, because he starts, like, playing the first couple notes of the Song of the Sea. Uh, and then, like, Molina has, like, this freak out as the little girl who is being possessed by her, uh, is, like, starting to, like, uh, surface. Uh, and they, it, it all makes sense to Leighton now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Luke and Janice, like, escape from, uh, the, from captivity, but, uh, 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 they are quickly cornered, but... It's, it's uh, so good, because, like, Luke just <laughs> pretends to, like, stumble or get ill really fast, and the guard totally buys it, and then Janice just body checks him, and they run, and then there's just more guards. Um, yeah, there's more guards, but... then but... Emmy and Drosky show up, and they start kicking ass... <laughs> Yeah, I I'm so glad that they they they're here. They're here to fight. Just like uh, judo he, flipping guys, punching guys uh, out. It's it's not what I expect from a latent movie, but I'm into it. Much, yeah. Uh Emmy kicks a dude in the nuts and we get a live Grofsky reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh uh and then Leighton shows up. Yeah. Uh, and and he shows up with Melina and Emmy recognizes her as Nina, the missing girl she was searching for. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Oswald is, like, talking with, uh, Descolet about, uh, how, uh, evil this whole plan is, mm-hmm. but, like, he's kind of complicit in it, uh. uh Amelia uh, is brought in, and Oswald explains that the, inst- the Detrogan, Detrogan, excuse me, will give her the gift of eternal life. I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Amelia is like, I don't, I don't want it. I want to give it to my grandfather who's sick. Uh, and Oswald is just reaching for like this wired up helmet, uh, coming at her with it. Um, only for Leighton to interrupt him. Everybody else has arrived in this room. Uh, and Leighton gives us the big, like, info dump. Here's what's really going on. Uh, and so... Have a, my understanding of the Professor Layton series is that usually you will be presented with a seemingly fantastic set of circumstances, um, which will be revealed to be actually achieved through some advanced but reasonable science or some strange plot device. You know, like somebody masquerading as somebody else from the future or you know oh all the townsfolk were actually robots or 
Well, actually, the box doesn't kill you. It just makes you vividly hallucinate. But it's nightmare before. It's not, it's nightmare on Elm Street rules, where like if you hallucinate that you die, then you die for real, uh, and that sort of thing. This is like. This is kind of the opposite of that, where I feel like the elixir of life is arguably more plausible than what is actually going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, essentially, the Detrigan is not just an instrument. It has a secondary... For, per, it's, excuse me. It has a secondary functionality, which is that is essentially a read-write machine for people's personalities. It has a recording of Melina's brain, uh, but it can only maintain that for so long, which is why Oswald has grown increasingly desperate. Uh, Amelia was invited to the opera by him because he thought she would be the ideal host for Melina's memory. Um, you know, being a young girl, uh, maybe a bit younger than her, but still of a reasonable age, um, and one of advanced intellect, so she would uh, line up with Melina's musical talent and hopefully be able to handle all this information um so what happened to nina was essentially a failed attempt where the personality overwrite only partially took so she sort of goes back and forth between her natural personality and the imprinted one um Mm -hmm. it's unclear to me why melina nina is like such a dick Mm -hmm. Uh, because we're going to find out that there's another clone of Melina who's just, like, normal and chill and helpful. Yeah. My my personal theory is that, like, seven-year-olds are just kind of shitty. So, like, if you you put a grown adult's brain in a seven-year... Rather, if you image a grown adult's mind onto a seven-year-old's brain, like, they're just gonna turn out kind of shitty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... Anyway, so Oswald at this point is very desperate. He just grabs Luke because he's nearby, and he attempts to use the machine on him. Uh, but an activation key has been removed from the machine, taken by Janice, who explains that she was the ac- actually the earliest test subject for this function of the Detrigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she... Uh, uh, fuck, where's my... Yeah, so she was... Uh... Uh, Janice sort of, like, allowed her to stay in, stay in her head, Mm -hmm. or, uh, and she was, like, so happy to, like, have a body again, because she was sick for a very long time, Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, she had a, she had a crisis of conscience, uh, so she sent Leighton the invitation to solve the puzzle, uh, uh, she needed to stop her father in any way she could, uh, and, like, uh, we get this whole thing where, like, it's, like, all of the scenes with, like, Janice in them earlier, but now, like, she's replaced with, like, Melina as she was when she was alive. It's it's a neat thing. I think it's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, Oswald is, like, coming to, is, like, really saddened and, like, coming to terms with this, uh, when there's some rumbling again. And, uh, uh, like, Janice, like, grabs Molina, she runs, and Descalay, he doesn't care about any of this. He wants to bring back Ambrosia for himself. Yeah, uh, so because... he, he just grabs Janice, 
uh, Melina Janice, whatever. Um, the wolves arrive in the room and we get this close up shot of one of their, this, you can see one of their ears and it's like, oh, it's metal. They're, they're robots or cyborgs or whatever the fuck. Um, and Descalade is like, I need Janice's voice. Melina's memory to enact my real plan, which is to bring the kingdom of Ambrosia back to life. Um, mm-hmm. And he starts like the room like starts collapsing as they go up on this big platform. Um, so his motivation is essentially, or rather his plan is there are two songs associated with the kingdom of Ambrosia. One is the song of the sea, which Melina learned somehow. Um, and the other is a musical score seen at the top of the seal of the kingdom. It's got this sort of like rainbow looking series of arcs with a bunch of little crosses. And that's actually a musical score, which I thought was very clever. Actually. I, I like yeah. that a lot. Um, and that's the song of the stars. She knows the song of the sea. He believes that by uh, having both of these songs performed in harmony, he will unlock the kingdom of Ambrosia, make it reappear. Um, mm. But when he actually tries this, it doesn't do anything. Uh, and he gets uh-huh. really mad, and he just activates the Detrigan's secret third functionality, which turns his castle into, like, a fucked-up Tim Burton mech. Yeah, I, I fucking love this thing. It's, like, it's all spindly. It's got, like, drills coming out of it. Mm, it's, uh, it's got this cute little face. It looks so, it looks uh-huh. so goofy. <laughs> love it. Uh... And, uh, uh, there, uh, so, uh, Luke, Le- Leighton and Luke are able to, like, get the makeshift helicopter back, uh, and, like, Descale is, like, so mad that he's just, like, trying to raise the land in, like, anger, uh, uh, Melina, like, gets, like, knocked away in his rage and, uh, she's like hanging over the edge, and uh, Luke's got to prove himself and go save her. Uh, like, uh, like he like has to like grab on, but he keeps like falling and like getting knocked around. But uh, eventually, he like lands on one of the buzz saws on on this giant mech, and so he's got he runs up the machine. He's like doing platforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, there's, like, a drill coming for them, but, uh, Leighton, who's in the machine, like, uh, who's in, like, the, uh, the helicopter, helicopter yeah. yeah, he, like, gets in the way, and there's a big explosion, uh, But we know he's fine because of the framing device, so, like, whatever. Uh-huh. And yeah, also, we see fine. him, like, immediately in the next shot, so. Yeah. He's fine. Uh, 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 Luke and Melina get to safety, and then Leighton has a sword fight with Descalay. To be clear, Descalay has a sword. Leighton has a yes. length of pipe, and it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fucking down for this. This more... part rules. <laughs> there needs to be more sword fights in in your puzzle movie, and they should have more uh, awkward improvised weapons. What if uh, they, sh- they should have done insult sword fighting, and we just see oh. we just see the little dialogue UI <laughs> pop up, and we get we get that little like shot where the world melts away, and Leighton is like taking in his surroundings, but he's just like looking down. No dairy farmer, that won't work. <laughs> yeah, it it's fuck it's it's 
it's insult sword fighting, but it's like solving riddles. Uh, uh, so, uh, they have their, they have like this sick sword fight, sword slash pipe fight, uh, and, uh, uh, Leighton explains that, uh, uh, Desclay only solved part of the puzzle. You see, the, the, the seal doesn't show uh, two songs, but three. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you, you turn see it upside down, uh, instead of like people on the land looking up at the sky, it becomes a rising sun above a crescent moon, and the upside down score is also part of the harmony. Mm-hmm. Which that's a clever uh, that's a clever twist. I think. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's the song of the sun. Uh, so he like plays the song and like. As, like, all three parts start going, uh, uh, the, uh, these, like, lights are coming out from, like, uh, the coasts around, around the island, and rising up from the depths is this, uh, ruined city, Mm -hmm. uh, Ambrosia, uh, but, but the reality is it's not, like, there, there are no living Ambrosians, it's just- It's just some ruins. it's just some ruins. Uh, uh, anyway, Descalay's fucking pissed. Because mm-hmm. nobody does a puzzle better than him and lives to tell the tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, he's, he's like fighting again. Uh, he ends up like, me- he ends up like breaking the controls during it. And like the mech starts flailing about. Mm-hmm. And it collapses into the sea. But uh, uh, they're able to escape. Uh we get like these flashbacks to uh Melina and Oswald throughout their life. Uh they have happy memories together. Uh they remember her death. Uh Melina like gave Janice a pendant before she died and she's been like wearing it this whole film. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh they sort of like get up uh and like they and uh uh, Melina just has to explain that it, that death is just a reality of life and there was nothing he could do. He, he doesn't, she, he needs to find a new life for himself. She has to go now. Her home planet needs her. No, I, uh, I, I will say two things. Um, yeah. First is, I know enough multiple systems that I think there's a very obvious solution here that everybody's ignoring. Uh-huh. Um, for the moral about, you know, you gotta accept death, et cetera, et cetera. Um, two is, most of this is pretty rote, but there was one line yeah. that actually stood out to me and like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, thank you for loving me. Did that one also, like, mm. hit home for you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think. And as somebody who's like dealt with a lot of grief and heartbreak, um, I think that speaks to something very real. And you, you know, you can say as many platitudes as you want about like, oh, death is part of life. We got to accept it. Yada yada yada. But I think like that line feels like it was written by somebody who actually gets it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm just thinking of uh, the Lemony Snicket quote. Uh, if uh, if you, if you, if you have ever lost someone who you cared a lot about, you know how exactly how it feels. And if you haven't, you can't possibly understand how it feels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they break, uh, Oswald's like sobbing, uh, 
uh, and uh, Janice, uh, Melina just like gives a farewell to her father, to Luke, and to Professor Layton, and then Janice re- uh, resumes control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they explain that well. Uh, uh, she, they can always, she may, she may be gone, but they can always remember her, and through that, she'll live on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, and then, and then Inspector Grosky's <laughs> like, okay, right, so I do still have to arrest you, because you kidnapped, like, 500 people, though. Uh-huh. Uh, and, yeah, Oswald gets arrested, but he does get to play one last song. Mm-hmm. It's a different song this time, and... Janice is singing it with him. Uh, as it turns out, uh, the Ambrosians live forever, not because of some magical elixir, but because they are remembered. Lame. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boo! Uh, and there's, like, this little line at the end where they're like, so I guess, do you, do you think Janice was a reincarnation of the Queen? I guess? Uh... And Leighton's yeah, like, get... sure, what the hell, why the hell not, Luke? Let's get off yeah. this stupid island. <laughs> uh, we get the credits, very fun little, like, set of images. Uh, uh, I do love, like, we see, uh, Amelia with, like, her, at her grandfather's grave. We see, like, uh, we see, uh, Oswald and, like, all the, like, goons he hired in, like, prison garb, like, performing. Uh, we, we get, like, uh, uh, Luke with, like, the wolves taking off the little augmentations. It's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get, like, a little post-credits, uh, uh, end-of-framing device where, uh, the record that, uh, Leighton and Luke were listening to at the start of the film finishes playing, and, uh, in, in coming to, coming into Leighton's office is Janice herself. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Uh, so, no, I would say this is not, like, the best written movie for the mm-hmm. most part. But, yeah, ex- like, solid animation, great score. It It is, I would say it's a good, like, vibes movie, you know? Mm, yeah. It's, it's a very enjoyable watch. Uh, it's very beautifully animated. The score is really nice. Uh, I think the voice actors do a great job. Uh, it's, it's a very fun movie. Uh, I would, I would say, I can't rate it as an adaptation, but, uh, as like, uh, as just a movie in general, I'd give it like a, I'll give it a four out of five. I'd probably give it like a three, but I think for like, a kid yeah. who hasn't seen that many movies, it would probably be a four or a five. Yeah, yeah. This is this is like a good kids' introduction to like D- kids' introduction to games. death. Kids' introduction to death and death game stories. Uh, give this give this to a kid on like his eighth birthday, and then on his like thirteenth, you give him Danganronpa. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's nice. Uh. Let, let me see. Uh, let me see if we have any questions. Uh, if you want to send in a question, uh, you can send it into the mailbag on our Discord channel. Uh, you can find that either through our Twitter at VGTMTP or 
our newly established co-host, uh, which is also VGTMTP. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Did I? Twitter oh, is just huh. self-destructing so much faster than I expected. Uh huh. It is. It, it really just happened. I, I guess that's the big thing that happened over the last month since our last episode. Yeah. Uh. 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 But yeah, we've got uh, three questions on Twitter. Uh, I forgot to make a Discord post, I guess. Uh, so, uh, uh, first question from, uh, Kitty Cat Herder. Uh, do you think Professor Layton could take on another puzzle he- heavy series? And could a character from that series take on Professor Layton, ad- a Professor Layton adventure? I.e., could Layton take on Resident Evil 1? Uh, I think he could, but I don't know how he'd handle against the boss fights. Professor, uh, this crest is shaped like a lizard, and this hole is also shaped like a lizard. Good job, Luke. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to beat this man to death before he can bite me again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think... I think if you put Layton in, like, an actual death game, he would still... Just completely, he would solve it immediately, and the mastermind would get so so mad at him. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would like, he would like uh, find a way like into the back rooms and like, uh, fight like the guy in charge. Uh, I'm thinking of like, uh, I would, I think Professor Layton could easily handle a Monkey Island. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, Listen, he can sword fight. He can do puzzles. mm Hmm. He he can probably figure out how to like improvise and uh find uh fun uh fun what's the word I'm looking for? Substitutions for things. Uh yeah, he'd he'd do great in just about any adventure game, probably. Fucking leisure suit Larry. I had to leave Luke at home for this one, and I don't want to admit that I'm honestly a little bit lost without him. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Uh, him having to... Oh, I, I'm i sorry. I can't think about this too hard. This column um, is labeled with a C, but this one is labeled with an E. What could it mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, next question from Jasmine Marsh. What's your favorite kind of puzzle? Hmm. Picross. Oh, Easy. Picross is pretty good. I like that little peg solitaire that they got at Cracker Barrel. Ooh, yeah. Um, but if we're talking like video game puzzles, uh, I I, te- I tend to like anything that involves like anything that's like set up like a fake board game is always pretty fun. Mm-hmm, like they mm-hmm. just invent a little board game for you to sort out. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the puzzles I usually have trouble with are the ones that involve like actual mechanical manipulation. Though it it depends Mm -hmm. on the complexity of the mechanism, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Portal's also a good puzzle game. Mm. Uh, 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 next question from Jasmine. Uh, do y'all have a puzzle game that you wish you could vacuum the memories of out of you so you could re-experience it? This Mm. one I'm gonna have to, like, go through my Steam library and be like, am I, can I think of any? Uh, let's see. No, 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 not really. Uh, uh I can't think of an one immediate, one specific puzzle, but, like, if I were to, like, pick a puzzle-based game, 
I I guess I'd go with uh, Portal Two, maybe. That's not That's a bad just pick. The... Yeah. Oh oh shit! No, there's there's one. Oh, I know what what I want to erase some memories out of. I specifically the secret of Monkey Island, and specifically the puzzle that where you're like drowning and you the That's solution such a to... good joke. <laughs> yeah, the solution to escaping from drowning, which you have to do in ten minutes because that's how long he can hold his breath, is to just pick up the the it, just the objects holding you down and put them in your inventory. I, I uh, that's I, that's a good bit. I played the new Monkey Island, and uh, part of the joke of that is like he's gotten a good deal older uh, and a little out of practice, so now he can only hold his breath for eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Honestly, this isn't, like, traditionally a puzzle game because it's structured as a VN, but because of, like, what you have to do to survive, it sort of becomes a puzzle game. I wouldn't mind playing uh, Long Live the Queen for the first time again. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. That one's basically, uh... It's like a visual novel RPG kind of Princess Maker style thing where... You know, you're uh, you're playing as a princess who's recently ascended to the throne, and like you're developing your skills, but also uh, like there are several assassination plots against you. So if you don't meet certain checkpoints, like hidden checkpoints by certain dates, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Oh, the sexy brutal though. That game was fantastic. I would love to. Oh, I uh... need. To... Oh, the Talos principle. I'm remembering all these fucking puzzle games that I have not played in years, but that were totally dope. Yeah. Talos uh, Principle was so good. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there's some good puzzle games out there. Uh, I recommend them. Oh, I'm looking at... Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm looking at some puzzle games. You know, for as much as Braid sucks... Or, as much as Jonathan Blow sucks, the, like, bit at the end of Braid where you have to, like, reverse the, like, whole, like, platforming section at the end and it reveals, like, actually you were, like, you were, like, trying to kidnap the princess and the big guy was trying to save her. That, that's a good bit. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Also, uh, The Witness is also, like, again, fuck Jonathan Blow, but mm-hmm. dude makes some good puzzles. Gotta give, yeah. you gotta hand it to him. Uh-huh. I I do have written in my goatee. I've been writing like a, a like big goatee co-host post, and one of the like little things I wrote is like a special award for regrettably you gotta hand it to him, and I wrote it for uh, immortality. Uh, what game is let's that? See. I don't. I don't. It's know that the one. Uh, new Sam Barlow game. It came out a couple months ago. Uh, it it's it's a. I think it's got a great story. It's got some neat like themes and concepts but it is also kind of a sam barlow game uh Mm. uh let's see uh shadow sandbag asks which existing latent game would you want adapted to a movie format so hmm. i i I want uh the unwound future or whatever but i want it live action specifically so that i can see who they get to play like regular luke and future luke Uh uh-huh that that would be good. Um, the only thing that's really immediately coming to mind as someone who hasn't really played a lot of latent or any latent games is like I want to see, uh, I want to see the 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 Professor Layton Ace Attorney crossover. Do you think we could get Takashi Miike back for that? 
yeah, get him back for that. Make sure that, uh, the guy for playing Professor Layton has, like, beady little, like, contacts, uh, and a big top hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I can dig it. Mm-hmm. Alright, that, uh, wraps up our questions, so, uh, uh, do you have any movie you want to talk about next month? Uh, I cannot think of a single video game movie right now. Oh, well, All wait, right. wait, wait. No, 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 no. It's, uh-huh. it's entering my brain. I'm, I'm in my mind palace. <laughs> I'm, I'm like Professor Layton right now. Like, the, the room <laughs> is growing dark and I'm just seeing visions of the medieval weapons I have hung up on my wall. Uh, I'm seeing visions of the little stuffed beetle that my girlfriend bought for me a while back. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm seeing a big poster that says racism bad, but what if? And I think uh, next month I want to watch the World of Warcraft movie. Okay, or is it yeah. just Warcraft? I, I mean, it's the same fucking difference. I think it's just difference. Warcraft. Yeah, it's. I think it might be based on like the RTS. But yeah, Warcraft. Let's talk about the Warcraft movie. <laughs> Uh, and we'll learn all about how racism is bad, but what if? Uh, I don't actually know if that's what the Warcraft movie is about. I'm just kind of like making an educated guess. Cause I, fe- uh-huh. I feel like the two themes of Warcraft from what I remember are racism is bad, but what if? And bitches be crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. This, that second I... one I remember is very fundamental to the lore. Mm hmm. I. I think that, I swear to God, I remember seeing, like, goofy screenshots of, like, how they rendered, like, the orc actors. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, alright. I think that's it, so let's, uh, do some plugs. Uh, I'm Dan, you can find me at a lot of places. You can find all those places at biggerchallenge.card.co. Uh, you've got, uh, Pot of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We are almost done talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! GX as a whole. And in 2023, we will be talking about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Uh, 5Ds nuts. Do- 5Ds nuts. I'm sure uh, you've already made that joke at least like three different times. Oh, basically whenever we bring it up, Max, is just just defaults to saying 5Ds nuts. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh you can listen to uh, the Sonic Shuffle, uh, Sonic Lore podcast. Uh, uh, the most recent episode to go up as of this recording is our 100th episode, where we talked about uh, uh, Devin's favorite character, Dr. Starline, in uh, the IDW Sonic series, uh, Bad Guys. Uh, you can listen to uh, Wow Cool Robot, Gundam podcast. Uh, I'm on to talk about Gundam Build Fighters with Max and Yuria. Uh, uh, Gundam Build Fighters, fun show. It is a, you know, I think it, in some sense, I feel like it is spiritually, uh, the sequel to G Gundam. Uh, uh, very fun show. I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, and you can visit, like, my Twitter, my Tumblr, my co-host. Uh, Twitter and Tumblr are bigger challenge co-host is just big challenges uh you can visit my art tumblr i'm i'm gonna i've been doing like a 38 day art challenge so i'll be uploading stuff there uh you can visit uh oh 
at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Uh, happy George H.W. Bush Death Day. Uh, yeah, and that's it for me. Where can we find you, Maxi? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr, and I'm pretty sure co-host too, but I don't use that very often. Uh, I'm going to say I don't use that very often yet, because God only knows how usable Twitter will be. Um, mm. But you can find me on definitely Twitter and Tumblr at Max Knightley. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. At, there's no at. It's just at Max Knightley. <laughs> No, what I was going to say is, for real though, if you have a lead on somebody who can like figure out some art assets, like hit me up at that's Maxi Knightley M A X I E at gmail dot com. Um, and then right now, the only podcast I'm on that is actively recording is Eidolon Playtest, the best actual play podcast in the world, and you can take that to the fucking bank. Uh, we mm-hmm. are currently putting out. Eidolon Ska and Eidolon Disco, which is, uh, they are two period pieces about mystery-solving teens in a town full of, uh, psychic powers-wielding psychics. Kind of didn't, didn't know where that sentence was going, um, but it is a blast so far. It's still early on, so it's a great time to start listening. Cannot recommend it enough. It is very fun to record, and I think we do a fantastic job with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at VGTMTP, on co-host, uh, co-host.org slash VGTMTP. Uh, you can find our Discord, where we'll, like, post, like, uh, just, we'll keep people updated on, uh, asks and whatnot. Uh, and that's, that's about it. So, uh, I think until next, Oh, also, we're on Noisepace. That's noisepace.xyz. Uh, it's a podcast network. Lots of cool shows on there. Uh, want to give a shout out to Sounds About Light, a Kingdom Hearts podcast. Uh, uh, you can listen. Oh, I want to give a shout out to Digimon Ghost Gaze, uh, Digimon Ghost Game podcast, uh, Prime Cuts about Transformers, uh, Zero to Zero, the wildest superhero movie podcast you'll ever listen to. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, I think that that is everything, so, until next time, uh, I'm Dan, I'm Maxi, and this ain't no game.